Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of MotoGP. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow MotoGP nerd, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hello, Tim. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're back in the same room again. We are. Oh, we're back on the sofa. Back on the sofa, in, enjoying a... Well, not I've never stopped enjoying beer, um, but, you know, enjoying a beer together again. Finally, in the same room. <laughs> and it's been a long while since we recorded a show. I think it, it may be over a month now. I think it has been. Yeah, it's been quite a while. We've been very inactive. We've both been really busy. So yes, it's been a uh, super busy time. Yeah, we're back. Um, so our, our apologies for that one. Um, mm. We will try not to make that same mistake again. Really, we'll um, try, but. But it's going to happen at some point, it, I'm it, sure. <laughs> it always will. With what we do, life just gets in the way. Mm. So, exactly. But yes, our apologies for that. Um, because of our long break as well, um, this show is a bit off the cuff. Um, we hadn't, to be honest, we didn't really plan on doing a show until yesterday. Um, when very, we, very last minute, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, was, okay, I'm home. Oh, shit, we should probably do something. So we'll get together and do something. So we have no notes. We have very little planned. Um, we're just going to, I guess, talk about the flyaways, how we felt about the flyaways, um, today's shock news revelation. Mm, that um, plenty to talk about. Yes. And so, speculate about. Exactly. So we'll be discussing that as well. Um, yeah, and, and we'll just we'll go with the flow. But there's no structure, there's no nothing. So if you guys are hoping for a very structured, formal, professional show, turn off now and maybe tune in in like April for when the season restarts. <laughs> um, and even then, they're not going to be too professional. But let's just dive straight in. Let's go for it. Flyaways, as a whole, how do we feel about the flyaways? I quite enjoyed them. I thought mixed bag again. So, uh, very samey yeah but at the same time it's always enjoyable yes it, it gave us a new world champion it gave us well we had the world champion I guess it depends what we're calling the flyaways here because Thailand's moving on the calendar isn't it next year yeah so it's not going to be near the flyaways as such no. um, but we uh, it, we did a show on Thailand already and we saw Marquez crowned as champion in Thailand didn't we yeah so I guess as far as championships go. Oh, you talk about the other championships because we saw both Moto3 and Moto2 titles, didn't we? Wrapped up in the last three I rounds. I was just generally talking about Marquez and okay. just getting to see him still doing his thing as world champion. Again. Yeah. 
unstoppable as per usual. Always just looks so good. So, so good. Mm, indeed. So we saw, I guess, um, where was our first of the flyaways? That would have been... No, 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 Spain no, was Spain. the last one, so it was Mitegi. Uh, Mitegi, yes. Mitegi, we saw a Marquez win, right? Yes. Um, we saw, let me click up to get my notes up. That's Philip Island. Hang on, so it'll be that one. No, it won't. My notes, I think, even though we didn't plan anything, um, I thought I'd try and have some web pages open to help us out, and clearly they were not open quick yeah. enough, but that's it, fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, so, yes, we saw Marquez win uh, in Mategi, followed by Quattararo scoring, what, his fifth or sixth podium of the year? Uh, six, I believe. Um, being so close again. Yes, so close. And holding off a charge from Dovi at the end as well. Mm. He's, yeah, well, we said all season, he just looks good. He's looked great, but I think actually, for Quattararo, I think, had pretty poor flyaways. Um did well in Japan, mm. but then when we got to Phillip Island, where he was, you know, before Phillip Island, he was an odds-on favourite. Really. Always, everyone was saying, this weekend, this weekend, it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen. Yeah. Um, but he always looks good, even in the flyaways, he always looks good in um, practice, qualifying. Yeah, really good one-lap pace, really yes. good. Awesome one-lap pace. Then a couple of times, we saw, he did very much a Vinales, first, well, he had his teammate at one race. Yeah, straight back, and then because everyone's so evenly matched, they can't make up the uh, deficit. Yes, yeah, which unfortunate, very, very unfortunate. Um, I think for Philip Island, especially, he was injured, wasn't he? Like he had a bit yeah. of a crash in Philip Island. It was quite a big tumble, actually. That was, and that yeah. left him quite wounded for the whole weekend. And actually, we saw him limping then in Sepang. Um, yeah. he was getting on and off the bike. He was limping. Mm. I've seen um, social media posts that he's back training, running now. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be fit, fully fit for Valencia. If not, there's only one race left, so he's yeah. got the whole winter to heal up and come back strong. That's it, exactly. I can't see him winning in Valencia. I think his best bet was going to be Phillip Island. Yeah. Um, and then I think Sepang looked good for a little while, but then I think we were mugged off a bit. His one-lap pace being so good in Sepang, but actually his race pace wasn't really... He was two or three tenths off a lap, wasn't he? Yeah, we all get excited. We see what they can do. In free practice, you look at the runs, 10 laps, 15 laps, Yeah, uh, but then the conditions are different, and there's always that predicted race pace, which is always two, two and a half seconds less yes. in free practice time, and so you've got to take from that, you know, their one lap pace is always better, but their sustained pace over a race is going to be nothing near. Yeah, and I think, the especially for race pace, you can't argue someone like Dovi or Marquez, just the pure experience of mm. them that yeah. they're going to have. Even if they've not got it over one lap, um, they're going to have it in the race. Exactly. And that was the thing. It was Sepang Marquez's massive crash, right? Yes. Yeah, that, <sighs> that was a nasty one. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty special. I really thought he'd really hurt himself actually watching that. Um, there was a couple of like scenes, stills of that, where his leg is straight as he comes down on the floor. And yeah. you're thinking, oh, that's an ankle. Yeah, an ankle or a knee, like... Yeah, and one thing that did annoy me about that was all the Muppets on social media saying you deserved it. Yeah, I know. I was like, Christ, come on, people. Yes. Um, Marquez is a very divisive character, though. People really don't like him. Oh, he is Marmite. Yeah. People don't like him. I think, unless you're Spanish, and then you really like him. But... If you're Spanish, he's God. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, certainly so. The Marquez brothers, I think, are, are super popular in Spain. But across the rest of the world, not so much, I don't think. Um, no, it's definitely a mixed bag. Um, you basically love them all, hate them. Yes. Um, yeah, there was a lot of hate that day. Yeah, and it was a scary crash. Like, for anyone who didn't see it, like, I assume most of you did, but Marquez was following uh, Quattararo, really, looking yeah. for a toe for, in qualifying, the that final run in was Q2. A, one of the most seriously obvious, blatant... Well, we all knew what he was doing. He knew yeah. what he was doing. There was no hiding it, was there? No, no, no. Um, and then, so Quattararo slowed right down for his outlap to try and let Marquez go past. Marquez refused to go past. So as Quattararo was winding it up for his flying lap, Marquez stayed with him for two corners and then tucked it into the left-hander. Um, or, yeah, tipped it into the left-hander, sorry. And just lost the rear. Yeah. Um, swung round on him, high side him over the top, and they was he saying they were doing eighty miles an hour, something like that, as it flicked him into the air, and he was almost running in mid air, yeah, like and as he hit his legs, hit the floor, and it was like that slap. It he buried his face as well. He's he had a um, little bit of concussion, yeah. It, it just looked a nasty horror crash. Yeah, it was really, and I did think as soon as he went down, I was like, oh, fuck, that's, that's a leg. And yeah. I was like, that's really bad. Like, at least he's won the championship this year, and it's now the winter yeah. break, but it's going to put him on the back foot for next year. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but no, luckily, he somehow got away with it. Yeah. Do not know how. He's just so, <clears throat> part of his fitness and stuff, is he's so flexible, isn't he? Mm. And, and this has been referenced before with Marquez, is that he just bounces so well because a lot of his training is stretching and it's yoga. It's not just like, he's not just hitting the weights and doing cardio. No. Like He's stretching himself out so that all of his ligaments can flex and bend and do things that really no human should be able to do. No, he does it on the bike, off the bike. Exactly. Um but yeah, he's lucky he does that type of training because I think anyone else on that grid would have ended up on a stretcher. Oh, definitely. And had a ride to hospital. But yeah, luckily he didn't. But he did. The pictures of him walking back into the back of the garage. He stopped, hands on his knees. Yeah, it's that thing where he almost, it looked like he almost collapsed. Yeah, um, I thought he was going to be sick. Yeah. I thought head injury, concussion. And that would be it. If he did, if Because I'm surprised he raced actually the next day. I I didn't think he'd race. I didn't think he was going to race because I was sure he was concussed. Mm. Um, and uh, I didn't think they were going to let him race. No. No, unless you sweet talk to the doctor. but um, He just bribed him. Yeah. Here's a backhand, mate. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> just got a bit of a headache. Pop a couple of painkillers. Sign the form. I'm good to go. Yeah. Do you remember that terrifying concussion? Um, was it Petrucci? That was a few uh, years ago. Polo Spargo crashed. And as Petrucci was coming out of the pit lane, he got wiped out by Polispargo's bike. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, he took a about massive that. tumble. Mm. And it, maybe it was during qualifying. And he, he like ju- jumped up, a bit confused, ran to the pit box, got on his second bike, went out, did qualifying, finished qualifying, and then had no recollection of yeah. any of it. He's like, yeah, what just happened? I don't remember anything. Yeah, I do remember that now. I've forgotten all about that, actually. Because mm. after that, especially, I think that really led us um, or led new concussion rules in. Yeah. Because that was really scary. The idea that you can go out and you're riding at 200 miles an hour and have literally no recollection of it at all. Um, no, that's um, not good. No, not at all. So not I thought that the concussion rules were quite serious now because of that. But I, I don't know, maybe not so much. Or, or maybe Marquez was just proved to be fine. He really is just the invincible man. I don't know. From the angle that 
everyone was showing it on the TV. It looks nasty. Yeah. Um, so either, like you say, his training really helped him. Um, I don't know. But it, somehow, he was fortunate enough to be out of race. So Yeah, and then raced himself him. to second the entire Yeah, it was second. Yes, yeah, behind Vignale. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And looking good. No one expected it. No, exactly. He was the only one really early stages moving through the field consistently. Well, it was one lap, wasn't it? He went from like 11th to, or 12th to 2nd in one lap and then just stayed in 2nd essentially for the rest of the race. That's it, because like almost instantly into the race, they had a caption, I saw it again today, um, from his Moto2 days, where he did 18, I believe, overtakes in less than a minute. I remember. So that was, was that his final Moto2 race in the wet in Valencia? Yeah. And he just he went from the back of the grid to first. Yeah. And he won the race, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just saying like he'd done it before and it just showed him overtaking four or five people at the same time. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, the man's insane. Um, it's just, he's just another level. Like, it's silly what he can do. Yes. He's very, very crazy. But we like watching him. Some people don't. Yeah, some people really don't. And like we say, he is a very divisive character. Mm. Um, what anyone says about him deserving that, you know, well, I don't really understand why you're saying he deserved it. Does he deserve it because he was looking for a toe? Because if you're saying that riders across the board in all the categories are looking for toes, like that's sadly a normal part of racing. Riders now. in Moto3 would be absolutely screwed. Well, this is the problem, isn't it? Moto3 is the worst for it, without mm. a doubt. But it happens in all of the classes. People oh, are really? always looking for a toe. And people are always looking for an advantage. And I think for someone like Marquez to go and do it, it shows that he's not hes not giving up on winning. Like, no. He's still winning by any means. He's still very hungry. He's willing to like sit back and be like, yeah, I'm not the quickest around this track, so I have to follow the person that is the quickest mm. if I've got a chance of beating them. Oh, really? He always wants to win that driven attitude to win no matter what yeah and he'll suck up his pride to be mm. able to do so and I think that's quite admirable I think it is as well I think you're right um, a lot of people will show face and just take what they can get yeah if you're a true racer a true winner you'll do no matter what yes um, so that's one of his char- characteristics that make people hate him but mm, it is and the people hate him because he's so good exactly if he wasn't if he was just middle of the road normal people wouldn't care no exactly if he was you know tito rabat for example oh, no one would give a damn no no one cares what you do no if he was doing if he was tito rabat and doing the same thing saving the bikes bouncing the way he does people would take an interest yeah but they still wouldn't take as much interest as what they do now because he's not the front yeah exactly it's only because he is who he is beating who he is um and dominating so well that people don't like him but i Sport needs him. Oh, without a doubt. So, yeah, yeah. without a doubt. Love more hate him. He's staying. <laughs> Ain't going nowhere. Um, so, Ooh. the flyaways as well. So, we, we'd say Marquez had a pretty good flyaways, really, all things mm-hmm. considered. Um, winning one. 
winning two because he won Philip Island. Yeah. Uh, winning two of them, crashing out and you know finishing second in the other one. He also managed to score the highest points tally for um, 18 races or one season. Yep. Uh, Lorenzo's, until that point, was uh, oh, top of my head here because I'm not doing Googling now. I want to say Lorenzo had scored 378 points, 383 points or something. 383, I think. Okay. I'm not 100% sure, but anyway, Marquez managed to take it. Marquez took that, yeah, um, in 18 rounds, but he's still got one round to go, so he's yes. going to absolutely annihilate that total. Mm. And should have had more, like we were saying earlier before we started recording, because he had binned it in Austin. Yes, if he hadn't crashed in Austin, um, he would have another 25 points onto that total, so mm. it would be a silly number. Um, another tick in the book. Yeah. And one that I can't really see... I think this is going to be one that no one challenges for quite a while, except himself. He's he's the only person that could possibly yeah. challenge this record now. There's, I don't know. I think people will. People will come close, but I don't think it's going to happen for a long time. We're not going to see because if he gets on the podium in uh, in Valencia mm. this weekend, uh, we will see marquez be on the podium 18 times in 19 rounds or is it 17 times in 18 rounds 17 times in 18 is it 18 rounds season? Oh, it's 19 round season this year isn't it i thought it was 18 oh i don't know i'm confused now because we had thailand did that make it 18 um google no it's 19 it is 19 it's 19 yeah so it'll be 18 podiums in 19 rounds that's impressive uh and, and they will Theoretically, if again, if he gets first or second in Valencia, mm. they will all be first or second places. All right. Which is ridiculous. What a season. And he is the only person that can beat that record right now. Oh, God, yeah. I'm sure the time is going to come as he starts to age. Uh, other talent comes through. There'll be people coming in that start to nibble in a little bit. Mm, and and he will end down. up winning championships by winning five races a season, not by winning 12 races a season. Like, yeah, exactly. At this point in time, it's only himself that can screw it up by doing something, not reckless, but let's say switch into another team. Mm. And he does and he does what other riders have done before. He goes to, let's say, Ducati, for instance, because other people have been there. Does exactly the same as everyone else, doesn't get on with it, but it starts that slippery little slope. Yeah. He'll stand more stead. Uh, again, pick back up again, just because of who he is. Yeah, without a doubt. Um but it's just that little, it starts that tipping point where it starts to come down and it just frees up everyone else just to close that gap up enough. Yeah, and just nibble away at him. Then. Yeah. And just put the pressure on. Just, you know, just let him know that you've got your foot one step closer. Yeah, exactly. And hope he makes a mistake. Mm. But Marquez, I don't know. I'm starting to feel like he's not really prone to mistakes anymore. I think a lot of that is just the way they've got that bike suited to him. Yeah. Um, you know, no one else can pick a bike up the way you can. No, because it's not an easy bike to ride, though, is it? It's evident no. that it's not an easy bike to ride. No, it just, I, I think it's been more tailored to him than anyone else for a long time. Oh, without a doubt. And that's just made it harder for other people. I like Pedroza to come along or yeah. follow on with that bike. Um, but uh, Lorenzo, who's hopped on it this year, all right, he was injured as well. But they can't get to grips with it as easy because it's so tailored to one rider. Yeah, if it was, a, and it's a rider, it's a bit like the stoner effect, isn't it? It's a rider that rides yeah. like no one else. He rides in a way that 
it's almost impossible for anyone to emulate. You can't yeah. train yourself to ride like that. You can either do it or you can't. Yeah. If it was, let's say, for, his, for argument's sake, it was Lorenzo, and that bike could be tailored to him, smooth, consistent. Yeah. You could take that bike, and then you could wring its neck, ride it your way, because you've got a decent starting base, one that you know is going to stick to the road. Yeah. He's going to keep his wheels in line. Um, so it's going to be far easier to go that way than it is... Marquez's road. Yeah, definitely. And we know people can emulate that Lorenzo mm. riding style because that's what Quattro tried to do. That's what Zarco tried to do. Yeah. People are emulating that style. You just cannot emulate this Marquez Stoner style of riding. No. No, we said it before, that'd be a cracking bell. Stoner. Mm. Marquez. Oh. Yeah, I think we were sort of robbed of that a little. Uh, it, it's another person that I said retired way too early he did exactly what he said he'd do win a world title retire yeah did it done it bye can't knock him for that but oh, I just think another one that had so much more to give yeah definitely and yeah, you think if he if that Ducati had been better or if he hadn't been injured in that year within 2012 like mm. he'd have had at least one or two more championships god yeah alright there was a great um, video on Instagram the other uh, was last week of uh, Casey Stoner and Ben Spees, I think they're doing a presser for something, trying to get back in their old leathers. <laughs> and because, because they hadn't been in it for so long, they're trying to get those leathers on the squeeze, and then there's Ben Spees going, i got a dad bod! <laughs> it's like, we got dad bods, we can't get in our leathers. <laughs> great to watch. Um, but yeah, again, two lads that should, well, should still be racing. But. Yeah, well, Ben Spees got an in, he was injured, wasn't he? So he, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think he does any racing now, does he? I don't think so, no. I don't think either of them do. Uh, Stoner went to V8 Supercars after he left GP, didn't he, for a bit? Yes, he did. And actually, he did ride uh, endurance racing yeah. for Honda, didn't he, for a little while. But I think that's it. I don't think he does anything. No. Anything now. A lot of fishing and golf. Don't blame him. his Instagram. Go for it, mate. Why not? Don't blame him at all. Mm-hmm. He certainly raced for it and earned it, so. Well, definitely. Bye. Also, another very divisive character. Yes, yeah. He um, equally, if not more so, than Marquez. Yeah, I think more so. Uh, yeah, I, I was thinking of saying more so because Marquez, smiley, polite, say what you want to hear. Stoner, nah, mate, you're gonna get both barrels. Yeah, Stoner was none of those things, was he? Yeah, there was no <laughs> bullshit. You know, your ambition outweighed your talent. That's one of my favourite lines. That's brilliant. I think that is cracking. And he just said it was such a blank sort of. This is what I think of you, Sunshine. Yeah. I ain't messing. And he just, yeah, two fingers salute. Get out of my garage. <laughs> I, I stood there. Though. I didn't really like him at that point. I was like, oh, yeah, go on, son. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I was a full-blown fan. I was like, yes, yeah, Cracking. But yeah, another one we robbed of too early. Yeah, definitely. Um, right, so back to the flyaways. Mm. Um how do we? Uh, I guess in the, this really is winging it. We, we've I feel very underprepared. Um, Maverick Vinales is mm-hmm. someone that I think did very well out of these flyaways. Now, definitely, I know he got he got one win out of them. Yes, uh, and he got a fourth place. Yes, uh, yeah, so he won in Spain, and yep. that was a very um, a very dominant win as well. Yeah, very much so. That was uh, out the front, right? Let's go. No one's going to touch me. That's just that's a very Lorenzo win. That's yeah, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, um, and he made it look quite easy. Mm. 
go back one race further, we look at Philip Island, where it looked like he was, you know, he was set on a podium, if not a win. Yep. Um, and then it was only battling in that very last lap with like, I don't know, four calls. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wanted to go. He binned it, um, trying to get back past Marquez. Yeah. Um, but he'd been leading the whole race until that point. Uh, and then a fourth place in Japan. Um, are Yamaha... I know we've seen Quattararo perform really well all season. Um, Franco Morbidelli has been really inside the top, He's top seven pretty much every race. Yeah. Um, and Rossi... I know Rossi's been a bit all over the place. Rossi, we were saying earlier before we started, um, we think Rossi's had a pretty poor season, really. Uh, it's been very crashy. He's uh, is he what third Yamaha now in the overall standings? Something like that. He's he's had such a yo-yo season. Yeah. Um, there's times where he's looked so so good. There's times where he's looked like, you know, he couldn't wait to get out of there and go home. Yeah. Um, other times you thought, well, you know, we haven't really seen him all weekend because he's had such a standard ride. Mm. And it's just been in a torrid battle for, like, say, sixth or seventh. If that, like, or he's just in the gravel trap. Like, this mm. has been a very common thing. I wonder, I don't know off the top of my head how many races he's DNF this season, but I feel like it's been a lot. Two? I think it's been more than two. Maybe more than two, but more than normal. We're not used to seeing him drop it. No. Once a season in free practice, if he's unlucky. We saw it when he was struggling, though, didn't we? So we mm. saw, especially Ducati, like a lot of binning it with oh, Ducati. Oh, God, yeah, there's always a lot of binning it with that thing. Um, what was going to be your question about that? Um, do you think Yamaha are on the up now? Um, do you think they are improving? Are they getting towards where we expect Yamaha to be, constantly battling for podiums and wins? Can they be a title challenger next year? I think they could be a title challenger next year. I don't think it's going to be a factory bike that will be... You think it's more like it's be a Quattararo challenging th- for the title as opposed to um, Vinales? I think the whole Yamaha thing next year is going to be really interesting to watch because there are going to be four different riders with four different scenarios getting flayed out four different ways. Um, Rossi, with his new chief mechanic, is going to chuck everything he can We've got to be pretty certain this is Rossi's final season. This, I would hedge a lot of money on this to be his final season, unless new crew chief or mechanic, whatever he is, crew chief, um, new direction, let's say, with improvements from Yamaha, we know he can still race at the front. Mm. He just needs that bike under him that can do it. 
unless all that comes together, he'll do it on season. Yeah, I think if he ends up challenging for a title, if he says, mm. I guess if he scores, you know, like two or three wins, gets multiple podiums, and he's mm. within a shout for most of the season, then he'll definitely stay on for another he'll season. Stay. He'll have a one-year rolling contract. Yeah, but I um, think realistically, I can't see that happening. I can't see him. Maybe he'll win a race next year if the stars align. I th- yeah, but I agree. I think this is last chance saloon. And personally, I think it's going to go wrong. I think Yamaha themselves have got to do so much to get that bike where it is. Plus, on top of that, he's going to want to do so much more yeah. to get to the front. I think the two put together are going to be a recipe for disaster. If the Yamaha was already up to speed, it was a decent bike and challenging for the cha- uh, championship, not a problem. Yeah, All he's got to do is change his crew chief, just get himself back in order. But he's got two sides of the coin to change, and he needs to come up with a new penny. Yeah, that's fair. And it's not and the problem is I guess he's got to be he's looking ahead now. It's mm. he's looking ahead to beat Vinales, who's way ahead of him. He's looking ahead to beat Quattararo, who's ahead exactly. of him now. You're not used to that. And he's got to be looking over his shoulder because Morbidelli's come in as well. Exactly. There's that whole setup is gonna be really interesting to watch. Like you say, you've got Vinales who's on the surge already. We now know he can win races this year. So I think yeah, Vinales has won two races this year. This is the first year mm. since 2017 yeah. that um, Yamaha have won two races a year, let yeah. alone Vinales. Yeah. Um, I think next year he could be the f- the fly in the ointment if that Yamaha can improve. Yeah. Um, if not, I think Morbidelli will outpip him for second best Yamaha. I think he's going to improve. Do you think Morbidelli's going to beat Vinales for second best? If, yeah, because the way he's been coming on at the end of the season, he's pushing through and pushing forward. I think he's now getting to that point where he's got to grips with the bike. Yeah. Plus into that Yamaha improvements, plus into that testing time another season. Vinales has got a habit of going backwards. Yes, Vinales is very inconsistent, I think. I think he's still going to beat Morbidelli over the mm. season. Um, and I think Vinales is likely to be the second Yamaha. I think it'll be close. But I think Quattararo will be top Yamaha next yes, year. Yes, I, I think it'll be top Yamaha. Or it's going to go the other way. Yamaha will improve that bike and he won't then get on with it. The changes won't suit Maybe. him. Like your theory with the Yamaha, that it's the easiest bike to hop on and ride fast. Yeah. And it flatters people. If they then make changes to that, is it not going to suit him? That's potentially true, um, but I think that he's been very clear to say, hasn't he, that he's basing, like I said earlier, he's basing mm. his style on Lorenzo, yeah. and it's that fast corner speed, and it doesn't really matter what you do with the Yamaha. No. If you can keep the corner speed he's, fast, you've got a lap time with the Yamaha. Yeah, he's already said this year, it doesn't change much on the bike, a click or two. Yeah, and that's all it's been, yeah. all season, he's Not changed much. very little. So that bike is pretty much the same one he jumped on at the start of the season. Whereas everyone else is changing like forks, going from the standard forks to the carbon forks, changing swing arms. And actually, Vinales over the flyaways reverted back to yeah. the, the standard... Standard forks from the carbon. Yeah, and, and back to what this bike was like at the beginning of the year. And he's mm. like, I need, to, I need to stop fucking about and adding bits and changing bits. I just need to get myself to ride yeah. this bike. And these guys overcomplicate things sometimes to the point where they're worrying about what they have to do. There was an article over the over the summer like with the pressures and depression with riders. Yeah. Um, they, 
we look at it, we think, oh, what a lifestyle. You go out there and you ride a bike. The pressure, though, to get that right. Yeah. And, you know, to win a race, to win the championship, must be incredible. Because um, they're going to throw everything at it. Oh, definitely, yeah. And he's, quite a row, he's just gone into it and gone, well, I'm a rookie. Let's go for it. That's what we're doing. Whereas Vinales has switched and moved and changed everything. And you, you end up just confusing it. Definitely. Um, and I think that's very obvious with Vinales. And that's why. And I think he's come round to it. Like we're saying, he's realised. He's gone, oh, fuck, I can't keep doing this. I've got mm. to... I've got to just settle down and go for it. Yeah, and I think watching Quattraro come in and just be able to do what he's done has made mm. Vinales go, oh, okay. And I think actually Quattraro may have pushed Vinales to be almost to, to be his best self in a way. Yeah, just chill out a bit. Yeah. Ride it, wring its neck, go out and have fun, be smiley, you know, celebrate to the point where you're ripping eyes are off. And... Yeah, I loved that. That was, was that Sepang, wasn't it? I think yeah. on pole position, just a pole position celebration. Mm. Let's beat the shit out of my tank and rip the visor off. Yeah. And then, did you see earlier in the year, he his pole position celebration, oh, he said his airbag off. off. Yeah. yeah. Slap the tank. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah. Boy gets a little excited. He certainly does. <laughs> Everyone else is like waving to the crowd going, yeah, I've done it, I've done it, I've done it. He's like just beating the hell out of his tank. <laughs> Poor boy's like, what have I done? Yeah. Just took you to a pole position. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, oh, I thought I then thought of a cracking question for you and I now I've forgotten about it. <laughs> was it based around the Yamahas or was it something completely unrelated? No, it's Suzuki-based. Suzuki-based. Okay. Uh, well, my next question was going to be Suzuki anyway, I think. Um, and a lot of it is just... I Well, from what I can remember, actually, I will just look through the results quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Suzuki have had a pretty torrid time in the... Their second half of the season has not been anywhere near as good as their first half. No, um, certainly not. Especially not for Rins. Well, that said, actually, Australia, Mir seemed to have scored a fifth place. Yeah, but again, that's a, like not a one-off. No, it's a, I think that's Mir's best result. And there, there is, mm. you know, fifth and sixth places scattered through the um, the flyaways. Yeah, there is flashes, but look at the first half of the season. Rins look good. Yeah, looks really seriously good. Mir getting used to the bike he was building. Um, have a summer break. And again, it's just up and down. It's yeah. just inconsistency all over the place yes definitely and actually I think now uh, again this is a bit like the the Valentino thing and Rins mm. has been looking forward at you know at Marquez how do I beat Marquez how do I beat Rossi how do I beat Dovi now he's looking over his shoulder being like fuck how do I keep Mir behind me exactly because now Mir is improving yeah um, and, and Mir is looking much better than I thought I was never really sold on the old Mir thing and I know people really like him um, mm. and he Dominated in Moto three, just a bit. We did nothing in Moto two for that year. No, he really didn't do a lot. Uh, I was always worried about him going up that Suzuki, not having the concessions to change it. Yes, and I think that's why it's taken him a lot longer to to warm up to it. Should we say? I um, don't know. I just think he came in a year early. Um, I think another year in Moto two would have really suited him. But, I think it probably would have done him good to stay. I think you're right. Um, but people do, they want to get to the top and they want to progress quick. Yeah. And he got given the opportunity and I can't blame him for going for it. Oh, no, definitely not. Like, if someone came to me and was like, do you want to ride the factory Suzuki next year? Well, well, nah, I think I'll probably just stay here and do another year in this job. Nah, he'd be there all day long. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. So, 
You can't blame the guy. Um, but yeah, all day long. He should have stayed where he was. Bit more experience, bit more maturity, maybe. Um, I don't think he's an immature rider at all. I think actually he's a pretty solid rider. I know he's had the odd cock up, like the the Zarco wipe out in um, mm. uh, in Sepang, um, wiping Zarco out, and that's just the odd cock up. But I think generally he's got his head screwed on. I think he's much better than I expected him to be. Yeah, he's he's done better than I thought he would do. I thought we were going to see him lounging at the back. Yeah, nearly all season, but he's coming good. Yeah, he's definitely coming good. Um, and I think, yeah, but it's like you'd say, the Suzuki's just haven't performed like we expect, especially like Philip Island at the start of the year. I was like, well, Philip Island's a win, isn't it? Mm. Like, it's a Suzuki yeah, win round there. Had that yeah. Round for that. Um, but that just wasn't there. No, I just think their pace has been very off. In mm. And I guess, actually, that's quite a testament to what Suzuki have done in the last couple of years. Because... You think, is it 2017 and Maverick went to um, Yamaha? Oh, yes. Yeah, and he left. And Suzuki were in the doldrums with Rins and mm. Iannone. They picked the wrong engine. They were struggling to stay in the top 10. Two years on from that, we're now saying, oh, well, fifth and seventh. Like, yeah. It's a pretty poor effort. So like, I think that's testament to how well Suzuki have done. They have done very well. And then we were... I think- <laughs> Suzuki, we were talking about at the start of the year, we were saying, like, Aprilia have got to look at them and what they've done. And KTM as well have to do that, mm. um, because Suzuki are sort of the model for coming into the sport and what you can do. Yeah, they they have always looked pretty good. The bike has always looked on point. Um, yeah, even that first year where they came back, not that race. Like, what year did they come back? Would it have been 2015 or so? So one race at the end of 2014. Oh, that's it. Yeah, I forgot about that. Where the end, they blew up like six engines in a weekend. Absolutely destroyed everything they brought, didn't they? Yeah, and it looked like everyone's like, oh no, this bike <laughs> is going to be horrendous. <laughs> and then they came in... 2015, quite underpowered, yet mm. they were still scoring, you know, fourth places every now and again. Yeah. Like, like, but looked great, looked really and nice. They, were, they weren't just a little bit underpowered either, were they? They were massively, massively yeah, they were underpowered. like 25k down on the streets at some places. I think it's down to about seven now or something. Yeah. Seven to 11, depending on the track. But even so, down the longer tracks, that's a massive gulf. Oh, yeah, huge. Um, but still faster than the Yamaha. Um, yeah. It's an odd situation how, uh, how they sort of changed it around so quickly. Yeah. Um, but it sort of came out of nowhere. It was like standard, standard of improvement. And it just happened. Yeah, but it's like you say, they've always looked good. Mm. Like they, It's always been a sweet handling bike. It's always yes. looked nice. Um, Their um, technical designers and engineers definitely uh, had their heads screwed on yeah. when they designed that one out. So kudos uh, to those boys and girls. That's it. And we don't hear anything. You don't hear anyone saying, oh, that KTM, that's such a sweet handling bike. Mm -mm. You hear things like, that bike is a real handful. You have to wrestle it around the track. Um, Everyone says it's got no front end feel. That's one of Zarko's huge complaints, Mm. wasn't it? Which, you know, that's one thing you need. Mm. Probably the most important thing on a MotoGP bike is feeling, especially for the front wheel. Yeah, unless you're Marc Marquez. You don't need feeling. You'd be numb. <laughs> you'd be doped up on anything from the. You'd be numb from the eyeballs down. Yeah, and still wing it around there like it wouldn't matter. That's it exactly. So if your Mark Marquez front end feel isn't important, I think no. for every other rider they would take front end feel over horsepower. Oh any god, day. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Not a trade off. No, exactly. Um, I did have another point to make about Suzuki, and I've sort of forgotten it briefly. Um, <laughs> a little joke, because we haven't made notes and we're sort of flying by. I keep wanting to like, jot things down as they come in my head, and I keep forgetting them. Damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I wish I brought a notepad they're, with me. <laughs> they're, not, they're on subject, but they're completely off subject at the same time. It's like, yeah. oh dear. <laughs> I've got so many good ideas. Us, what I was going to say, do you see that um, the Aprilia's will be using the red logo sponsored? Oh, will they? For Valencia? Yeah. Oh, that's good. I really like the um, their red livery. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the AIDS charity, isn't it? Yeah, they announced it earlier on um, Instagram. I saw a picture. Um, yeah, they used it last year at Valencia as well, didn't they? Yeah. If it's the one that Scott Redding stripped off and threw into the crowd. That's it, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> Rode the boat back in just his boxes and Boots? I think he threw the boots into the crowd. I think he, he did literally just his boxes he yeah. rode back in. Why not? Last ride, go for it. Someone got a hell of a souvenir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Started a war in the, uh, in the crowd. Yeah. Why not? Go for it, mate. Um, and actually, speaking of Aprilia, mm. Phillip Island. Oh, yes. Aprilia, like, okay, so it was never classified because uh, he didn't cross the start-finish line doing so. But Ian Oney was genuinely really leading the race on an Aprilia. Mm. Um, there was, for most of the race, both of them were inside the top eight. Yeah. At some points, they were both, like, looking inside the top four. Like, yeah. it was... I don't, I, it blew me away. I don't really know where that came from, either. Well, Ian O'Neill's always been really great. No matter what he's ridden, he's been mm. really good around Phillip Island. We saw him... Was it 2015, where he hit the seagull on the Ducati? Oh, yeah, the commentator said he nutted it. Yeah, um, but it actually, he got the ferry. That that 2015 Phillip Island race is the best race I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And he was a real key figure in that. He is a, nat- a, a hell of a natural talent. Yeah, exactly. Um, and this and Phillip Island is a track that is a rider's circuit, like they say. Yeah. Uh, it's not something you can... I don't think it's a circuit you can train yourself to be good at. You're either good at it or you're not. And yeah. the riders like Ian One, who can do it on Ducati, at the same time, there was no Ducati inside the top eight like no. when he was doing that. He could do it on a Suzuki. He yep. proved to us on a Suzuki a couple of years that he could do it. And now he's just showing us that he can do it on potentially the worst bike on the grid. It, I think it is the worst bike on the grid. Um, yeah. I sat, I sat there watching it and think, oh, come on. Let's have a little bit more of this. Yeah. Let's see where this can go. I, I just had visions of the old crazy Joe back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this could be good. This could be so good. Um, and I stayed there. They weren't far off. No, they weren't. I think they finished... Um, when did they finish? I think they finished inside the top 10, right? Uh, I want to say 6th and 8th. You know, it was 6th. Espargo was 10th. Oh, close. So, yeah, finishing 6th on that Aprilia. That's that's damn good. Yeah, really good. Um, again, another team. We tell you this every year. Want to see what they can do this winter. They know what they've got to do. Yeah. Um, another season to work it out. Ian O'Neill now knows what he's up against. And take it on board. He's not done. All right. He um, gets a little distracted. Distracted? I mean, he does get distracted. I think he shows a lack of commitment sometimes. I I think we've often described him uh, described him as an old school race, haven't we? Turn up on Sunday. Hanging out your ass. Yeah, I want to be hungover. Like, I'm probably mm. maybe going to puke in the corner somewhere. I'm just... Yeah. I'll have this cigarette before I jump on the bike. And then afterwards, you know, I'll probably hit a bomb, do a line of coke, mm. and then I'm off to Tenerife. 
Yeah. After I just run a race. Yeah. Um, he he very much reminds me of those guys, and it's that character charisma that we need in the grid as well. It is top level racing. We come and see the racing, but also it's a spectacle. Yes. Um, and he does all of that so well. He does. The only thing, the one thing I don't particularly like about him is I think that he he aims to be. I think he is trying to have that image. I, th- I think um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that image is very well manicured in a way. Like it's even when you look at him, like he's just oh, it's all premeditated. He looks cool. perfect. Yeah, like it's down to the fact that he's probably trimmed his beard every morning, so it's one point five mil. Like it's <laughs> it's got to be perfect with him. And I think the only person that was the real version of that that we've seen on the grid for years was Scott Redding. Mm. Uh, I think he was the real old school racer, the way he just fucks about. Um, like you see his Instagram, for his example. His Instagram is awesome. He's just doing like flaming shots and yeah. just getting ruined and just embarrassing himself. Like he does things that I'm like, oh, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, yeah. if you were any normal tourist doing this, you'd be the worst kind of person. Yeah, but he pulls it off so well. I mean, the hair, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, it, I, I think he's brilliant. I, I'm. I loved him all the way through Moto Two. Um, Scott Redding, really, yeah. yeah. Um, I was really, really gutted. I know he hadn't really set the world on fire at all in Moto GP, but I was so gutted when he left because some of the interviews he did, like, it's raining, fuck it, let's go. Yeah. What um, was it? <laughs> Don't cry, let's race. Yeah. I, I, I just sat here watching, I was absolutely brilliant, mate. Yeah, golden. Um, yeah. We know, like, I guess anyone who has listened... Is this our third season of doing the podcast now? I think it's our fourth, actually. Is it our fourth? Yeah. We start in 2016, start in 2017. Well, probably our third. I could be wrong. I didn't add a year on everything. But, um... I think I think it's our third, but I don't mm. think you'll find the first year on iTunes. I think we got rid of it because it was that bad. Was um, it really? Oh, it was awful. Yeah, it was awful. So if you think this is bad, like, you you guys, you are lucky you're not listening to that first year. I never did. The first year we started doing this, I never listened to it. Now I tend to listen to every episode back. Okay. Um, When I'm at work, just plug it in. Spotify, ding, world, forget. Yeah. Um, No, I never did listen to any of the first year. Oh, yeah, they weren't great. Um. Yeah. I, think, I think we were more consistent probably in the first year because you used to come around like <laughs> Tuesday, dude. Um, was it Tuesday or Thursday? We, I don't think we were even more consistent then. Oh, no. were we? I no. should have it in my head that we were like fairly... I don't think we've ever been consistent with how we bring shows out. Um, no, but then... But for anyone who was listening back in those first years, I'm impressed you stuck with us. Um, but you'll know <laughs> I had quite strong opinions about Scott Redding. He was someone that I really loved through Moto2 and then when he moved up to MotoGP he sort of stagnated on a shit bike and then when he got on a good bike he still didn't really do anything and I felt quite let down by him because I put a lot of hope into Mm. him and I felt quite let down so I had quite strong opinions about him and that I didn't really care anymore but now he's gone I really miss him and I really like him back and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in World Superbikes next year he's had an awesome year this year Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy Judy (laughs) 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. British Superbikes. Mm, really um, good. He's had a great year. And what did you tell me? He was the only rookie to win? I believe. Don't quote me. I believe he's the only BSB rookie to ever win a championship. Yeah, that's great. Um, which is pretty damn awesome. Did he ever ride BSB before? He didn't, did he? he no, he never rode BSB. He was always Spanish Championship, I believe. Yeah. And yeah. came through that road. Um, but yeah, he hasn't had it easy this year. He's had a couple of wipeouts, a couple of non-podium finishes, but he got it done. Well, um, the thing is as well, like you can argue he's on the best bike, uh, mm. in the best team, mm. in the BSB grid, that um, Paul Bird motorsport yeah. team. Um, the still- best bike... This super bike for Ducati brought out this year is something oh, special, isn't it? We've seen it in everything, crushing. Yeah. Um, we've got the world super bikes on in the background. This is a bit of yeah, just light entertainment is flying around there. Just because we literally cannot do anything that doesn't involve a motorbike. <laughs> it's, I find it if anything else is on, I find it more distracting than just having bikes on in the background. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know why bikes on in the background if it's not. If we're doing this, I could switch off to it. Yeah. If it's the GP, I will look at it and like we did a season where we watched the race back as we were talking about doing. Yeah, I think that was our first year, and I think that's why a lot of those shows were pretty bad. Because we just kept getting distracted and just staring at the TV and not actually talking about what was going on. <laughs> I remember doing that a lot. I remember yeah. like we'd be talking about something. Oh shit! Just and we'd start watching the telly. Yeah, exactly. I think, at least I hope, the structure we have of the shows, not this show, but most shows is better now than uh, than it was back then. This is just, well, catch up, Joe. Yeah, this is just, this is what's been going on in the lives of Tim and Steve. Oh, it's been a mess. <laughs> so, so I think you've had a better time than I have. Well, that's, no, um, no had, that's fair. I've had a better time than you have, mate. Yeah. Well, um, I've, had, I've had a very down and then a very up. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Um, we're back in the game now yes just trying to settle back into life settle back in Jesus there's not enough alcohol in the world (laughs) (laughs) the homebrew needs to ferment quicker Um, where were we Scott Redding Scott Redding completely off subject well no half on half off I think it made sense up until anyway so um, oh yeah it was Ian O'Neill wasn't it Ian O'Neill great natural talent really shown at somewhere like uh, yeah. like Australia like Phillip Island um, and it was super it was really cool to see the Aprilia's up there fighting for, oh, God, yeah. for those top positions mm. I, I like Ian O'Neill's riding style as well just a little bit dangerous at yeah. times completely in line and at other times completely out of control yeah and to, and it, but it looks always like he's just got it under control yeah and he's just got it tamed but at any point it could just all kick off but then that was his, sort of his whole career up until that point wasn't it because mm. he thinks like when he, in Moto2 when he got the crazy Joe moniker <laughs> um, that was a pretty reckless time in Moto2 he was pretty rough with everyone just a bit it was elbows and barge it reminds me a lot of Simoncelli when he used to ride around with bits hanging off the bike yeah and that's sort of when he when uh, you know when he came into MotoGP on mm. the Pramac machine yeah he was so so fast mm. but he just crashed a lot that's it he, he was always at the front he was always just tear assing around yeah. um, but you just never knew when he was going to bin it but you knew for certain at some point he was going to be building sandcastles 
Yeah. That bores you picking up growl. Um, was it 2014, his first season in GP? Yeah, I think so. Did he win Mojo 2 in 2013 then? Well, didn't he? Marquez won it in 12. I have to get the numbers out. Um, I... Yeah, 13. Yeah, 13. I think it was 13. When did Stefan Prado win? Stefan Prado beat Marquez in 11, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And then I think he and I think he won it. Oh, Google, we're going to sell this. Got to think of it. Yeah, it's fine. I can, it doesn't have to be. We will we'll try and fill the void while Tim's Googling. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, yeah, all in all, I thought the flyaways were good. I wasn't disappointed, really. It's racing. It's always good. Always look forward to it. I hate Fridays at work. You hate Fridays at work? I really hate Fridays at work. <laughs> Is that just as a general rule? or? Uh, well, yeah, well... It's work. We don't want to do oh, it. Paul Spargo won it in 2013. Really? Yeah. So where's Iamone's Moto2 career? No, I hate work on a Friday because like, when the race is on, I have all the notifications turned on my phone. Okay. And because it's in my chest pocket, my chest just vibrates constantly. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you go away. I don't want to be here. I want to be sat on the sofa watching free practice. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he only ever did win Moto 2 then. Maybe not. I thought he did. Yeah, I thought he did. Um, but it wasn't 2010, 11, 12, 13 hmm. or 14, so it wouldn't be anything after no, that. No, maybe not then. I must admit, I was guilty of not really watching a lot of it back then. I'll be honest, until BT Sport got the GP, I didn't watch mm-hmm. any Moto 2 or Moto 3. No, I was probably very similar. I might watch a little bit, um, but now now they've got it, it's so much easier to watch it. Yeah. Um, I do dial in more. But I must admit, in the past, I am guilty of literally thinking to myself, well, I haven't got to be back because the race is not on till X time. Yeah. And that wasn't thinking, I must see the Moto3. It was just the GP, and that's all I cared about. So when riders came up, you're thinking, oh, don't really know who you are. Yes. Yeah, and that was the thing. And it was very interesting because cause I used to watch on BBC, mm. um, the AGP, um, so they never showed any of the uh, of the sport races. No. And no. then, uh, so like you, we didn't know who any of these new riders coming up were. And yet when Marquez came up, the commentators wouldn't stop talking about him. I was like, who's yeah. this Mark Marquez guy that everyone's banging on about? Mm. That was probably around the time that, I started watching more of it and just having more time as well to watch it. I mean, now with Enzo, he gets it up early. He'll quite happily sit here with me in the morning, pop Moto 3 on, and yeah. we'll still be sat here at the end of the GP. He'll have got up, he'll have his breakfast, he's playing with his toys, but when the bike's drawn, he'll come and sit. And it just, it's nice. Yeah. Whereas before, I don't actually know when we had more time why I didn't watch more of it. <laughs> but now I've got less time you watch more of it I watch more of it I don't yeah. quite know how I've done that maybe it's a parent thing where you think right I must compress it as much as possible <laughs> into as little short space of time as possible yeah and get it all done um, but no it's quite nice we sit here he's learning he's uh, you know learning the tracks breaking points he's learning breaking points and racing lines <laughs> yes. he does get told 
He knows what a motorbike is. It's, <laughs> it's a bike bike. Um, yeah, he's learning. He's learning. Yeah. Doesn't really like the Formula One that much. He'll learn, mate. He'll get there. He'll get there. <laughs> and the second one, hopefully that'll like it as well. Oh dear. So, uh, I've lost track of everything. I've actually gone to pot now. What were we talking about? We were talking about Scott Redding and Scott Redding. Ian O'Neill. Oh, yeah. So we haven't actually spoken about Ducati at all. No, we haven't actually, have we? Uh, no, I think we spoke about every factory but at this point. Mm. Oh, we haven't really discussed KTM either. Um, oh, actually, before we dive into either of those, how do we feel Zarco has done in these two races that he's had now? So he had Phillip Island and he had um, Sepang. I think Zarco has... Got out of the taxi, walked straight up to the other Honda riders and kicked them straight in the bollocks. <laughs> it does feel that way, yeah. It, he's had the most bizarre season. Yes. I think I can remember for a long time for any one rider. He um, has proved without a shadow of a doubt what he did on the Yamaha was not a fluke. Yeah. Um, he's come back into it. He's hopped on something that he's not ridden before. Um, has come out and looked absolutely awesome. Yeah. Looked strong on the bike, has got to grips with it straight away, gelled with the team and done everything perfectly. Done Almost done exactly what he did on the Yamaha, but quicker. Yeah. And hit that voice, done himself no, no dishonour at all. And with today's news, yes, I think he has just... It wouldn't surprise me, actually, if that was a little bit preordained. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, that was part of it, wasn't it, people? So today, I guess... We might as well, yeah. I, it, realistically, I think most people listening to this. I'm going to try and get this out tomorrow, so it'll be out Friday. Right. Most people are super interested in MotoGP. will already know mm-hmm. the news. Um, for those of you who don't, then this is, might probably won't come. That you much might want to sit down. Anyway. Yes, sit down, grab a glass of wine. Cause... You're going to be fine. Jorge Lorenzo called an exceptional press conference today. Mm. Uh, and in that press conference, he did announce to the world that he is retiring from professional racing. Um, and Valencia will be his last ever race. I'm really gutted about that. I saw, I'm more gutted than I thought I was going to be. Yeah. I saw the news come up. It flashed up on my phone earlier. I um, remember texting you. Yeah, you texted me to tell me there was a press conference. I was like, fuck, okay. So I yeah. jumped on the site. and I actually knew you were at work. So I jumped in and started watching there. It was free, which was quite nice. So I was still watching quite an emotional press conference. Mm. I didn't get to watch it until I got home. And it said it was at two. And I was at work. And there was all the bosses about. I was like, fuck's sake. Piss off. <laughs> I want to hide him off. Because it was only like a 45-minute press conference as well. Like, yeah, it wasn't quick. long. Normally I could sort of jump on things to jump out but I'll leave yeah. it. I've got a locker and I can leave my phone going and I can just sort of record it or have a look every five minutes like what's happening yeah. have a little listen um, I couldn't do it <laughs> update and I managed to just quickly have a look and I saw the news confirmed I was like oh yeah and it really did sort of take the wind out of ourselves yeah I, I thought the guy's such a talent and you know his fall from grace has been really quick oh and hard. this year especially yeah mm. And I can't blame him for doing it for his reasons, like the injury, the wrist, the motivation is not there anymore. Mm. Um, but the guy, he's another stoner. He's got so much more still to give. Yeah. Um, There's the injury in his back as well, isn't it? It's that spinal injury. That got. is the one that's obviously worrying him. 
where he said that um, so during the press conference, he referenced the crash he had in Assen. Mm. Um, and he said that he stood up from that crash and he said to himself, Jorge, this isn't worth it anymore. Mm. Like, this this isn't worth it. Um, and he said, well, we're not going to quit now. So he went home and he tried, he came back and he tried and he tried and he tried, but he still feels like it's just not worth the risk mm. anymore. And he said he's not motivated enough because he doesn't feel it's worth the risk. He's not got the same motivation. No. Hasn't got that motivation. He's not winning. And he did say, he's like, Jorge Lorenzo is not a good MotoGP rider. He's like, Jorge Lorenzo is a world champion. Mm. And I'm not motivated enough to be a world champion anymore. It takes a lot of guts to admit that. Yeah. A lot of guts. Um, he's obviously had a lot of time to think about it and has obviously sat down with Honda backroom staff and come to agreement with them. Oh, definitely. And he did. Like It, it was quite nice in the press conference. He's, he's saying about that. And he like, to have to apologise because when Alberto Fuchs signed me he wasn't sure he was on the fence so I said to him I was like, don't sign the wrong guy make mm. sure you sign me I'm the right guy he's like, but I, I, I need to say sorry because I've not been that guy and he really apologised to everything and then gave out his like, list of thank yous and stuff yeah he's really humble with it um, it just shows testament to his character yeah um, that is the most and I think part of it is because I've always thought he's a bit of a dick um, but he came across as very vulnerable during mm. that interview or during that press conference and I think that's the most human I've ever seen him. Yeah, I think he's just a true bore, full-blown racer. And the one time we, Sarah and I, uh, was it 2013, we went to Silverstone queuing up to see Rossi. There's a long line of trailers. There's yeah. all, loads of riders about. We saw Pedroza, Edwards, Hayden, loads of them. Most of them just sat outside. Other good defence chilling, talking to the crowds. Yeah. Lorenzo comes back on his scooter, obviously still in race mode, just done his interview on the stage, comes up on his scooter, loads of people with the passes behind the paddock, waiting for him to sign, signs nothing. Straight yeah. off the scooter, straight into his trailer, slams the door shut, duck. Race mode still. Yeah. Just a true ball racer. Um, and yeah, at the time, I just think, what a dick. Yeah. What a dick. You've got a massive fan fan base one of the biggest riders in the world acknowledge your fan base oh definitely yeah um, but that's the racer you know or the wannabe world champion if you will mm. um, the guy we saw today is the person the more humble yeah um, I, I don't think he wants to retire but I just think because of what's happened if he didn't have that injury he'd still be racing yeah I think you're right um, but it's happened so we deal with it. He will be missed. He's going to leave a massive gap. Yeah. Um, but he also leaves a seat open. He does. Uh, and that seat, I think, is quite likely to be going towards uh, Zarco. Don't you reckon at this point? I reckon Zarco sat at the back of that press conference and just had the biggest grin on his face. I think Zarco already knows. Yeah. I think, like I said, it, it was preordained. I think he knew he was... Nakagami needed surgery. Yeah, he was given that chance, and he was probably told, "If this happens, prove yourself." Yeah, and I think even if he wasn't told, I think it's very obvious as a test. I think the rumours of Lorenzo mm. um, retiring have been so fierce. I think that all year it, long it's just been constant. Yeah, very like it's all year. Like it's been mm. since Qatar. From, like from I know day I, one, I came out in Qatar. I think it was Qatar anyway. But I said to you, um, I don't see him doing another year. No. No, we spoke about it. I think we spoke at depth about it as well. Yeah. And that was happened. I didn't think it would. Hmm. I thought he'd just take, you know, his experience in Ducati, 
gelling with that bike would make it easier for him to get on the Honda. Yeah. Um, but with everything that's gone on around him, it's just not happened. Mm. And I, know, I wish him all the best. I think we've said before that I think we both think he will just not just necessarily disappear, but we won't see him around the paddock as much as we have done. Yeah, I don't think other we'll see him. I don't think we'll see him at all in the paddock. I think he'll still be quite active on social media and what he's going to be doing. Yeah, we'll see him in Hareth because yeah. he, he's named um, that he will be inducted into the Hall of Champions in Hareth. Yeah, that's nice as well. Yeah, um, five-time world champion, only person to beat Marquez to the punch. Yeah, that's a massive accolade to take away. Yes, Marquez has been beaten. I guess so. When you look at it, um, in Marquez's how many seasons has he had now in MotoGP? Uh, seven 13, seasons. Came in twenty thirteen. Yeah, so 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 7 seasons. Mm. He's been beaten once across the championship by two riders. They were both in twenty fifteen. Yes. Both same. Lorenzo and Rossi beat him. Mm. But Lorenzo is the only man to beat him to a championship. Yeah. And that's it. Um so yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty special. And Lorenzo did say when he, they were asking him they're like, What are your highlights? And in my head, the whole time, it has to be a 2015 championship. Like, it has to be. Like, you beat Marquez to that. You beat Rossi to that. Like, it's the only time he's beaten. I think that's his finest championship. No, your dear. Um, I think his other two championships he he won because not only he may have won them anyway, Mm. but I think he won. They were much easier for him because in 2010, Rossi broke his leg. Yeah. There was a lot. There's a lot more luck. In 2012, mm. Stoner broke his ankle. Yeah. The two t- title rivals. In 2015, Lorenzo beat Marquez straight up. Marquez mm. crashed a lot, but that's irrelevant. He wasn't injured. Like, no. Lorenzo beat him straight up. And Lorenzo beat Rossi straight up. And I think 2015 might be one of Rossi's best seasons as well. I think it was, yeah. Um, and that's obviously Rossi didn't even win. He lost by five points or something. Yeah, so ridiculous. There was a press conference as well. Oh, the, um, yeah, the actual um, pre-race press conference where... One of the BT presenters was asking, um, putting the fans' questions to the riders, and they asked them, "Well, what is your favourite memory of um, Lorenzo?" And they started with Rossi, like 2009, Catalonia, yeah, and he just sort of rattled off. He's like, "It's so good, you know. We have this. We arrive at the end." He said, "We weren't friends." <laughs> he said, "But we share this special moment." And he was, just, he was talking about it so nicely now. Yeah. Um, that's the thing now he can't and Rossi's very good at this though isn't he Rossi's very good at talking nicely about his rivals when they're no longer his rivals exactly yeah he's going to be a rival again um, yeah I didn't get to see the other races what they, um, what they said but um, I'm sure they all had fond memories of him oh definitely and everyone, there was a really funny um, picture they, I think it was all on Instagram and it was pictures from most GP of like people like hugging Lorenzo mm, after congratulating and it was like riders and team bosses alike and there's one, I think um, Lorenzo was speaking to, what's the real head of Ducati? Is it Stefano Di Mercali? I think like the big yeah, boss, the, the really fierce looking guy. Yeah. He was like, he's talking to Stefano Di Mercali, if that's the right guy. Um, and like shaking his hand and they're like chatting and laughing and joking. And Dovi is just stood behind, just glaring. Like, <laughs> like ultimate glare. And the next picture is like him and Dovi just like in quite a friendly embrace. And Dovi's laughing. And I was like, that's either 
one of these is just a really unlucky shot um, on Dobby's part, or Dobby's just a very good actor. <laughs> Dobby's going up for an Oscar. Mm. Oh dear. No, he will be missed. Is yeah, I think help? he will be. Oh, I don't know. I don't really think anyone's missed from OGP because I thought Pedroza would be missed and he was full of like half a race and now I've just forgotten that Pedroza was I even a thing. must admit, yeah, because he's just done nothing as well. It's not like he's been there every No, exactly. Um, you do, and there's, but the thing with OGP is there's so much going on to take your mind off of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've had the whole uh, Quattraro thing this year. Yeah. That just there's it's so so much intensity to keep you um, enthralled that you do forget about what's happened before. Yeah, and it's very easy to lose yourself in the current race and just completely wipe your mind of the previous race. Yeah, that's it. Um, which is good. It might that's that's really good because there's so much to look forward to. Yeah, that's fair. If it was like oh god, you know, five races time, there'll be a good race. <laughs> um. People will get bored of it. Yeah. But it's nice. Like every race oh, is going to be a cracker. We have 20 races next year, right? Yeah. Um, we have Finland as well. Yeah. And I saw a presser earlier that uh, Hungary is coming back on the calendar for 2022. 2022 yeah. Um, but there's, then there's talk about like a Brazilian race as well. It's, it's getting to the point where I'm thinking they're going to have to drop something. I think there's too many, too many races. Yeah. I th- and I think the Formula One is falling into this trap. Formula One is talking about 25 races yeah, a year. Yeah, I saw that. That's mad. Um, absolutely mental. And I think that you, at that point, it's oversaturation. I would rather have 16 races a year and them all be special occasions oh, right, yeah. than have 26 races a year and be like, oh, God, this is literally half a year now. Like, it's too mm. much. That is a lot. Um, that's a lot for the body to cope with. I mean, look at the G-forces that... People have to endure through MotoGP, Formula One, the training they have to do. Mm. They won't be able to sustain that kind of pace because it's getting more and more demanding every year. Oh, definitely. I think 16 races is more than enough. And like you say, make them special occasions. Make them a spectacle. Yeah. Make them good. Um, Otherwise, you're falling into that path where it gets to be too samey. Yeah. Uh, and there's talk of dropping a couple of the Spanish rounds, yeah. isn't there? And I really think that they need, they need to go. Yeah. I mean, having four rounds in Spain is silly. That is silly. Um, I don't know which ones need to go, and I don't know whether maybe we rotate between the four. You um, could do. Yeah. So we could have two Spanish rounds, for example, yeah. uh, and just rotate between the four tracks for those. Yeah. But there's tracks like Wilcom. Wingcom. Oh, uh, uh, South Africa. Yeah. That's an awesome track. But does that meet the safety more. grades? No, not anymore, I don't think. I mean, it did back in 2002. <laughs> um, so it probably still meets like World Superbike safety grades, but it doesn't meet Yeah, think. 17 years on. Yeah. Um, I think it really... Uh, I mean, yeah, like the world's really, full of great tracks. Oh, God, there's, so, there's some absolutely incredible tracks out there. Um, we just can't race at them all. Yeah, and that's the problem. Um, and I think certain tracks have to stay in. Oh, God, yeah. There's certain iconic tracks, like uh, to me, Qatar... That should be the first one. Valencia's always got to be the last one. I don't really care for Valencia. I don't think Valencia produces good racing. I think Valencia seems really cool if you're there. Because mm. Valencia is... You can see the whole track from the grandstands because it's so compact. So they, apparently, the top of the grandstand, you can see literally every corner. You yeah. see the whole track. It would be like us going to like Snetterton for British Superbikes where you sit on the banking and you can see the whole track. Well, you pretty much can, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think Valencia is like that, but just on a larger scale. We can still mm. see everything. So I think that's really cool from a spectator point of view. 
But from like a TV camera point of view, I don't think Valencia makes for a good race. Um, you can just leave it on a wide angle to get the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Cameraman's just, got the easiest job in the just world. Just a couple of webcams and a drone. Yeah. Like, what else do you need? <laughs> it's like, if I place that there, I can get the whole bloody track. Yeah. So job done, have a little kip. See ya. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do know what you mean. I like it though. It's just become that iconic kind of end of season. Um, we got to Valencia. We want the championship to be decided there. Oh, yeah, but that's the thing. I would rather have. Let's have a a sixteen race season, which almost almost guarantees a championship to be decided at the final race. Mm. Let's have the final race to be Phillip Island because it always makes for a great race. And can you imagine if every year that was a championship deciding race? Oh, Ooh, now they, yeah, now you're, you're teasing me, man. <laughs> um, see, I hadn't thought of it like that. Um, yes, if we could have that, oof, yeah, that would be something special because let's face it, if it is a championship deciding, no one wants to take the risk, but everyone wants to risk slightly more to get it. Yeah, um, and. Phillip Island over Valencia all day long. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Um, yeah, Dorna. Mm. Uh, a lot of the thing is Dorna are a Spanish company, aren't they? So Yeah. But there's talk of getting, um, what's the Portuguese track? Portimao? Portimao, yeah. There's talk of Portimao coming back. Mm. Um, but then they were saying that if Portimao comes back, that will replace yet another Spanish round. You could, to be fair, you could get rid of three. That's yeah. what they're saying. Is they might have two races on the Iberian Peninsula, so that would be Spain and Portugal. Yeah. So it would be one race in Spain, one race in Portugal. Keep Catalonia. Catalonia, yeah, and I'd rotate though because I really like Aragon as well. I um, like Aragon, and oh, actually, quite like a ref. Like Valencia's the only one I don't really like that much. Yeah, you can keep, like you said, you keep them open. Yeah, um, every year have a different one. Uh, it's tough. It's really tough. But yeah, if, but you if, know, I'm not common at the Espaleta, so I don't have to worry about this too much. I can just give my sofa opinions. <laughs> yeah, it's, e- it's very easy for us to sit here. Um, Especially when we don't see the money. Like, the Spanish rounds all make money. Yeah. And they make a lot of money. That's it. It's so big out That's what we're saying before we start recording. Yeah. I mean, look at the... Uh, we might as well talk about the Marquez Brothers party. Oh, in Cerveza. Uh, yeah. Oof. No, not Cerveza. That's beer. Um, Crivet? Uh, it's it's uh, I I don't actually know how to say it. I always read yeah. it as cerveza. C E I could spell it. C E R. Yeah, I don't know how you say it in Spanish. Sort of thing. E Z A. I think. Yeah. Um. Basically, anywhere in Spain, Italy, anywhere, mostly on the continent, mostly GP is life. They yeah. So it. my um, I guess new boss. Um, part of the reason we've been mm, haven't recorded so much is because I got a new job. Um, so to go with my other job, so you know, two jobs now, great. Um, Would it? Yeah, but so my boss uh, lives in Spain. Mm. I was on Skype to her and her boyfriend, my other boss. They own the company together. Um, I was on Skype to them, and they were asking, like, I was just chatting away to them and stuff. And I mentioned MotoGP and bike race. She's like, "What is that?" And her boyfriend was like. What are you talking about? You literally live in the home of MotoGP. Mm. He's like, he's like, have you not seen it? Like the petrol stations, just pictures of guys wearing bike leathers. She's like, yeah, who are they? And he's like, you might be the only person in this country that hasn't got a clue. 
He's like, uh, he said to me, he said, he's like, it's so crazy that any rider, especially Spanish ones, but any of them, are just celebrities over there, like super celebrities. It's not like here, where even Valentino Rossi in his heyday lived in London because he wasn't recognised by people. Like in Spain, any rider, even Tito Rabat walking down the street is going to be recognised. Yeah. They love it. They absolutely idolise them. And yeah, the Marquez brothers had themselves a little party mm. after... Alex won the uh, Moto2 championship in Spain. Yes. They then went home and had themselves a little street pie. It was massive. It, yeah. I used the term little very, very loosely. Yeah. I guess I don't know really know how to describe it to anyone not from England. Because uh, I described it, I think I said to you, it was like when England won the Rugby World Cup and they're on that like open top tour yeah. bus and there's just hordes of people there for them. I yeah, I I imagined it to be like a modern day '66 England winning the World Cup. Yeah, um, and it just being absolutely mental. Um, we then do both of the trophies in an open top bus, and literally and every, like on stage and stuff. Yeah, like it looked so good. Every street is packed, absolutely ram packed with people. Yeah, just coming out to see these two guys like confetti and yeah. fireworks and yeah. If you took that championship winning celebration. With those two people to any other country, ten people would turn out, and four of them would be going, "Fucking me!" Yeah, imagine if that was like Cal Potro. Uh, wait, wait, look at I'm um, look at Johnny Ray now, five-time world superbike champion. Yeah, has won um, British Sport Personality of the Year. Has he? I believe so. Yep. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, or came second, one of the two. Um, but that's about all you get. Yeah, that is about it. Um, there's no parade in the street for him. No. There's no massive street party. Um, you know, there's no confetti. And he's the most decorated world superbike rider of all time, isn't he? In yeah. wins, points, totals, championships Everything. now. Um, that's a big, big thing. That's not a little championship. Mm. Um, but you know, half of Britain is still putting the kettle on and 99% of them have got no bloody clue who he is. Yeah. Um, chuck him in Spain. I don't think they'd know about him in Spain because I don't think World Superbike's big in Spain. No, but I'm just saying if he was Spanish. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They would go nuts. Yeah. Um, it just gives you an idea how big it is and we need to move to Spain. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Which I think we should do. Um, so, uh, I guess the only factory we haven't really spoke about is Ducati. Um, I, I don't know, I don't feel like Ducati have really done much in the second half of the year. I did. Definitely dropped off the boil. I mean, Marquez is near... So, this is a mental stat, isn't it? That Marquez has obviously won the team championship. Are we talk about the Constructors' Championship? Oh, yeah. The Honda have won the Constructors, haven't they? Mm. It's the team championship now they're going for. Oh, yes, yes. So, Marquez is now by himself, mm. is he? No, he's not. Marquez has scored... How many hundreds of points has he scored? 300 and something. Yeah, let me just click on the world standings quickly. Marquez has scored 395 points this year. Mm. Um, combine that with Jorge Lorenzo, who's total of 25 points. <laughs> Jesus, that's bad. I didn't realise it was that low. Yeah, so what's that? That puts them on 400. And can I get the... Uh, you should be at the team. Team championship up on there. Rookie of the year, ride, independent team, ride. You can't. Oh. 
No, I think we had this problem before. I think we were, yeah. we were searching for it live, weren't we? Uh, 420. So that would be 420. I'm just going to Google it so I can get all these numbers cool. Uh, correct. Okay. Tim likes Google. Uh, MotoGP Team Championship. Not Tram Championship. Correct. Nope. There we go. There was some typing and Googling for you. Um, you can trust Wikipedia, I think. Good old WikiLeaks. <laughs> Not WikiLeaks, man. <laughs> I always call it. Made him chuckle anyway. Oh, right. I will f find the, what I'm looking for soon. I promise. You got it there, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I did nearly have it, but I think Autosport is going to then come up and be like, "You haven't actually paid us, so we're not giving you this information." We like That's... robbing information from other places. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. So. Uh, the Repsol Honda team is on 430 points. Mm -hmm. The Ducati team is on 432 points. Yeah. Mark Marquez. Single-handedly, isn't it? Almost single-handedly has got more points than the two yeah. combined Ducati riders. Well, it was almost the same as the um, Constructors' Championship. We had Marquez, just for Honda, winning it. But then you had the three riders from Ducati... In second place, yeah, and one guy is just like, yeah, well, I'm better than three of you, so yeah, exactly, isn't it mental? The Mark Marquez is just so good that essentially Mark Marquez is about to win the triple crown for Honda mm. almost by himself. You can't, re well, you can lose the triple crown, um, but he the way he's going, I mean, you can because if um, you just need um, two Honda, uh, two Ducatis on the podium, yeah, you need two Ducatis scoring decent points. Mm. If if Mark Marquez alone can outscore the two Ducatis mm. um, by two points then yeah it's done game over Honda have just won everything uh, essentially Mark Marquez has won everything but when we think about how mental it is if he hadn't had binned it in Texas oh it'd be it'd be, it would it'd be done be already over. yeah yeah he just needs what he just need what the two points in uh, yeah so what's the most points you can score as a team it would be 18 plus 25 for one race so it'd be Forty-three. No. Thirty-eight. Forty. I, my maths is out. Yeah, forty-three. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you can score forty-three points. So you know, there's still a re realistic chance that Ducati mm. are going to overhaul them. And they should do really three versus one. But you don't really know. It's just he's had a ridiculous season. It's ridiculous. Um. I mean, Ducati, since the summer break, Petrucci just went all at sea. Yeah, it's Petrucci, after Mugello, though, like after his win, it just sort of... It, it was that chap's yes. sudden death. After that, he you could see when he sat in, in the garage, that had really affected him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, obviously, it was extremely sudden, unsuspected circumstances. Um, he lost a friend, and then we had the summer break... Wasn't that just after the oh, summer break? Yes, yeah, so it raced after the summer break. And it just, it's got to him. Something, not just that, I'm not saying it's just that factor, but something has happened. Yeah. And he's looked good at times, but he's not looked anywhere near the form that he had before, before mm. Magello. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
I think one of the better ride uh, Ducati rides this year has been Miller. Dovey's had an up and down mixed bag. Miller's been his usual self. Yeah. Um, racing well, racing at the back, crashing well. <laughs> a bit all over the place. Very Crutchlow-esque. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think Miller is still uh, 20, point, 26 points, 27 points shy of Petrucci. Yeah. That was Petrucci's first half of the season. Petrucci's Miller, first half of the season was solid. Yeah. Miller came out and said he wanted that ride. He deserved that ride. And that, I think, spurred Petrucci on a little bit because after that, he just went and yeah. looked awesome. And I think he is one of those riders. He needs that little bit of angry enthusiasm. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, as soon as that went, he had a distraction. His friend passed away. And that overshadows it. Yeah. Um, since then, Miller's looked better, but he's still crash happy. Um but that's been less and less, I think, as the season's gone on. He is getting better. He's another crutch lover, isn't he? You just don't know what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, as the season goes on, yes, you crash unless he's starting to be a bit more responsible. Um, but if you can knock that one bit on the head, just stop crashing. Yeah. And get a bit more consistency, that guy would be amazing. Yeah, that's fair. That might be anyway. And then you have Bagnaia, who's like smoked everyone out. Yeah. Yeah, Bagnaia's had a uh, weird season. Our tip for Rookie of the Year. And and he's done nothing. He's been the weakest rookie. Yeah. All right, it's unfortunate you get a rookie who come through who's just destroyed everything. But, um, yeah, he's just done nothing like what we thought he'd do. Yeah, exactly. I um, thought, um, like, I always, always had hope for Oliveira, but I just thought the bike he was on would mean that he didn't really stand a chance against... Um, Mir or against no. Bagnaia um, or even against Quattararo but I thought Quattararo was probably going to be the weakest rookie Yeah, I expected Bagnaia to be the strongest and then I thought it would be between Mir and um, literally just said the guy's name Oliver. Oliveira thank mm. you um, I yeah I thought Bagnaia would come through and um, show us a little bit of magic on the GK um, but no no magic no nothing of the sort sadly Jane, uh, really, because he looked so good last year, so dominant. Yeah, he um, crushed it, absolutely crushed it last year. He destroyed everything and then celebrated like a god. Mm, yeah, um, I forgot how much he loved that. I, I really did enjoy that. <laughs> I think that was one of the best. I've never seen anyone change livery on a bike. Yeah, post race win. I'm like, what's the screen up for? What's happening <laughs> back here? Someone's getting changed. And it was him. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. I enjoyed that one. Um, we missed any Ducatis? Uh, I don't think so. Dovi, I think I think the, the story of Ducati pretty much is that it's been a pretty shit second half of the year. Yeah. Um, um, Dovi's no exception. He's fallen in that trap. Yeah, and I think Dovi's done. Like, I, I, I think Dovi had the world came together in 2017 and 2018 yeah. for him. Mm. He was on a great bike. Um, he had a chance. He had a very, very close chance. And he just couldn't quite do it. And no. I think he knows that. And I think mm. it's kind of killed him in a way. I'm sure he'll try again. And I'm sure he'll win races next year. I'm sure he will. Um, but I don't think he's going to be champion. I did think there was a brief time that I thought maybe he could do it mm. um, if the stars aligned. But I don't think he can do it now. No, definitely not. 
As you can, apparently you're bringing out a whole new machine next year. Brand new machine, yeah. I wonder if they had this in the works or whether they saw how good the new um, World Superbike machine was. And they were like, yeah, maybe you should try and do this in GP as well. Maybe. Might have taken some, um, sort of, well, not advice, but... Even not advice, but maybe they've just gone, maybe we should try and make, like, rather than just improving the one we've got, just make a monster and try and blow everyone away. I... I'm more curious to see what the hell it's going to look like. I don't think it's going to look much different. I think it's going to be a lot to do with the chassis and sort of the engine placement that we're not going to see. It's going to be the difference. Because they want a bike that turns. That's sort of the point. Yeah. I think we're going to see some big changes, um, but only in certain areas. Well, we'll see it on Tuesday. Yes, test. Is it Tuesday um, test or is it on Monday? I want to say Tuesday, but I only want to say that because I know the World Superbike test started on a Tuesday. Uh, okay. Um, at Aragon so I'm going to go with Tuesday I think it's a Tuesday I think it's a Valencia test are days, these but... televised because they were last year weren't they were they televised last year there was a year that they were televised yeah it was definitely no it was this year because I remember watching Zarco walking out in his oh, KTM, the KTM letters letters. With the side, and looking really awkward and then it, the camera panned round to Cyrene who just couldn't stop smiling yeah, and they were like chalk and cheese. One's like that press conference. Mm. You got to talk, and then you had Sarah, and he was like, "This is great." Yeah, I'm still here. Win on the season. Yes. Um, so we do have Valencia. We have uh, Ica Laquona coming to replace Oliveira for. Mm. Um, about that. Uh, for the Tech Three team, Oliveira mm. obviously had his shoulder operation. He's going to be out until February now. Yeah. Um, so Ica Laquona, who is getting the Tech Three ride next year anyway, has come up to. Uh, take part in his first MotoGP round, you know, a, a year early in a way. Well, yeah. half a year early. Why um, not? So he means he'll just get some time on the bike when he yeah um, before the test. Um, I was a bit surprised they chose to do that and not put Brad Binder on it. But then I guess Brad Binder is still racing for second place now in the Moto Two Championship, whereas he could quote it not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I'm quite looking forward to. Um, I also think that we're going to end up chatting more shit if we don't end sometime soon. Oh, we, whoa. Um, it's been a longer show than I expected it to be, considering we had no plan for it. So I think we should call it there. I, um, yeah, I just looked at the time, and the time we've been recording, 95 minutes of recording. Yeah, I think 15 minutes of that is us just chatting at the start, to be fair. I think it probably is. Um, so if you've got this far, guys, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, we know this show has been a bit off the cuff. Probably should. Um, we, uh, yeah, it was a lot of shit's been going on. Um, so we haven't been able to do this. Um, but, you know, we, uh, it's the race this weekend now. Um, this show should hopefully be coming out Friday and then Sunday is the final race of the year. Um, both Steve and I are going to be in London at the bike shed, um, the bike shed cafe for the final race um, and then we will be recording a podcast uh, from the bike shed so uh, I mentioned this in the last show if you guys are around if anyone's around in London in the bike shed you will see at some point two guys over there one of them wearing glasses one of them looks like a strange stereotypical backpacker with dreadlocks and looks a bit homeless he looks a bit homeless sometimes but he has had a shave so you know it's a trimmed homeless man um, he's kept that beard at 1.5 mil <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I took a leaf out of the Inone book um, 
so we'll be speaking into our phones is what you'll see so come over and say hello uh and like i say if there's only one or two of you i'll buy a drink if there's more than that you can buy us a drink um and if no one turns up then i'll probably have a little weep but i'll get over it and i'll just pretend that maybe none of our listeners actually live in the uk all right at the end of the day we're going there to watch the bros have a fabulous time um exactly be involved there's bound to be a lot of other gp fans there so if anyone's listening wants to come and say hi come and say hi give us your opinions on the season yeah you Um, might even be able to get on the podcast Yes, exactly. Uh, and then in the off-season, we do have a list of shows planned. We have some things we're going to have. Uh, I'm not going to tell you any of them now. We'll do them later. It's just going to be a lot of me and Steve getting drunk and watching uh, films and playing games and talking about them, I think. Generally, just keep you entertained and let you know that we'll still be here. Yeah, and there'll be a format to those shows and they'll be yes. more consistent. So there'll be a little we'll more be, structured. We'll well. be back doing it properly. <laughs> This has very much been known. We always say that we're winging it and flying from the seat of our pants, but this one has really been flying. Yes. <laughs> Shall we say? That's it. So, yeah. So, thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, if you have anything you want to say to us um, and you're not going to be there at the weekend, or if you are and you want to tell us you're going to be there, uh, you can get hold of us at... Uh, we are For The Love of MotoGP, and we are on Twitter and Instagram. So, drop us a line, and I will get back to you. Awesome. So uh, hopefully we'll see some of you over the weekend. And if not, we will speak to you next time. Goodbye. Take care, guys.